gobble, 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 gobble. Happy Thanksgiving week to our American friends. This is the Tennis Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And I am your Thanksgiving turkey this week, Nick Amell. I'm Brandon, and I'm not poultry. <laughs> oh, that's what you think. I guess you haven't had that talk with your parents yet, huh? Let you know where you really came from. Well, Brandon, why don't you uh, make like a turkey and tell our listeners what this show is about? Each week, one of your hosts brings a list on something. It's a top 10 list usually. Could be more than 10, could be less than 10. The other host has no clue what's on the list and they try to guess it live on air along with the folks at home. Live is key. We're coming to you the day before, this episode drops the day before Thanksgiving, again in the US. And Brandon, what do you most associate with Thanksgiving? Turkey. Turkey, okay. Right. Anything else? Usually just food in general, Uh, fall, football. Food. Let's stop there. Food is the key word. Today we are talking about, in the spirit of Thanksgiving gluttony, we are talking about the most consumed foods worldwide, specifically staple foods. Do you know what I mean by staple food? I don't want to start guessing them already, but things that go with many different things, like uh, whether it's a side dish or part of like a main dish, just like stuff that you would buy in bulk, maybe at the grocery store if you were going to be stuck at home for a while. I'd say you're on the right path, but not quite. Uh, So, first of all, my sources are worldatlas.com, tasteatlas.com, and our friends and listeners of the show at Wikipedia. A staple food is a food that is eaten routinely and in such quantities that it constitutes a dominant portion of a standard diet for a given person and generally supply virtually all or most of the total intakes and uh, energy and nutrition. Okay. Nutrients, sorry. This is pretty much, you could think of this as kind of the core ingredient in foods. So, this is not in the top 10, but like a sugar could be a staple food. Okay. Which would be bad if that was a staple food because it's not good for you. But yeah, another way to think of it is plants. I think all of these are plants or grow. People usually consume these staple foods daily or multiple times a day. Culture, climate, and trade are all factors that determine the popularity of a certain food. And while over 50,000 plants are edible, Very few of them make any significant contribution to the human food supply. For example, the top three food sources in this list make up 51% of the world's caloric intake. Okay. The top 10 is ranked based on global human caloric intake as of 2019. So think about all the people in the world, what gives them more calories than any other food source? Mm -hmm. Are you with me? Is that clear enough? I gotcha. Okay. It's not sunflower seeds. Well, yeah. Do you want to knock out anything that's not in the top 10? Maybe cake? Probably not a staple food or... Fun-sized Snickers. Fun-sized Snickers. (laughs) Candy corn. All not staple foods. But do you have any guesses for actual staple foods in the top 10? I've got two guesses that I think are in the top three. So, I'm going to hold on to those for a while and I'm going to guess... Yeah. You said most of these are plant-based, right? Are not all of them? Plant or vegetable. Yeah. Okay. So... Let me just make sure, so milk is not in the top 10. No, these are all plants, vegetables, grains, things like that. No milk, no eggs, gotcha. Potatoes. Potatoes. Our friend the potato is number six. If you were to cut inside the guts of every human in the world alive today, Mm -hmm. you'd find that 2% of the global caloric intake comes from potatoes. And in fact... 365 million metric tons of potatoes are harvested in the world every year, led by China. Brandon, what is a potato? What do you do with it? What's it look like? It's a root vegetable. 
It grows underground. Hmm. It's starchy. You can't eat it. Well, yeah, I guess you can eat it raw, but most people don't. You bake it or fry it or boil it. Mm-hmm. You can cook a potato tons of different ways. And I'm kind of surprised. I mean, not like shocked at this point. Very little list-wise can surprise me. <laughs> right. But China makes a lot of stuff, but even if it's not a huge part of their own diet. Like when I think of who eats a lot of potatoes, it's Americans eating like French fries, potato chips, and baked potatoes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also think about Western European, maybe British or Irish folks eating a lot of potatoes. Or how about the Spanish who introduced potatoes to the Americas in the 16th century? And Brandon, I want to I want to ask you a question. I want you to answer honestly. Treat me like your therapist mm-hmm. here, or like a confessional at with your priest. How many potatoes have been in your ass so far? I've never had a potato in my butt, mm. but I've eaten a lot of potatoes. Okay, well that, well that I know, and same here. Potatoes are a key part of my diet, for better or worse. The potato is a starchy tuber of the plant Solanum tubersum. Who cares? The wild potato species that we know today originated in modern-day Peru, where they were domesticated up to 10,000 years ago. But again, they were introduced to the meat potato-loving Americans in the 16th century. But did you know that the potato is also used by humans for a lot of other things? Can you think of a few things that potatoes are used for, besides eating and sticking it in your ass? If you have a broken light bulb... Like if you broke a, break a light bulb off in your ass, <laughs> you can cut a potato in half and put it in the broken light bulb and screw it to remove the light bulb safely. Is that true? Yeah. That's like a, like a, not like a folk remedy, but like a household thing, you know, you light bulbs broken in the socket. How do I get it out without electrocuting or cutting myself? You stick a potato Sometime in it. Sometimes that's part of the thrill though of taking out the light bulb. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's pretty boring. And by the way, for more on light bulbs in asses, listen to our bonus episode on the weirdest x-rays. So here's a few other things that Wikipedia lists that people use potatoes for. First of all, they're brewed in alcoholic beverages, such as vodka. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm fighting off a cold today, if you can't tell. Potato starch is used in the food industry as a thickener and binder for soups and sauces. It's also used in the textile industry as an adhesive and for the manufacturing of papers and boards. Potatoes are also commonly used in plant research, and also, my favorite, they've been delivered with personalized messages as a novelty. Potato delivery services include Potato Parcel and Mail-A-Spud. Brandon, how many of your elementary school teachers have you surprised with a potato parcel with a personalized message? I've never heard of that before. I know nothing about this, but apparently if you look up mail a spud or potato parcel, there are potato delivery services out there. You just mail one potato? That's my impression. It makes it... See, we're giving holiday gift ideas here too on the Tennis Podcast. Mail a potato to your loved ones. We've got a P.O. box. <laughs> right. <laughs> P.O. is short for potato. Brandon, instead of getting your wife flowers or perfume this holiday season, get her a potato. Potato. With a personalized message carved into its skin. <laughs> it just says, sorry. <laughs> I can see the look of excitement on her face as she opens it now. Well, that's the potato at number six. It's the sixth most eaten food in the world. So, what else is in the top ten? How about corn? Corn? also known as maize, is number one. Oh, so shit. Number I one. didn't think it was number one. 
I have a pretty good guess as to why it is now number one. We're going to get into it here. So, I mentioned potato at number six has 2% of the global caloric intake. Mm-hmm. Corn has 20% of the global caloric intake comes from corn. It's way too much. So, you have to remember, it's not just raw corn or corn on the cob. It's popcorn and chips and everything that's cooked using corn leads to it being number one. There's 873 million metric tons produced every year in the world led by... Who do you think produces the most corn, Brandon? I'll give you a guess. Who loves corn? Who can't get enough corn when you think of corn? It's the US, the United States. Well, I thought it was a trick because China does grow like... When I did the most popular fruits, a lot of them were grown in China. Or China was the the largest producer of many of them. Same with this list, but the US actually leads with corn. It's a cereal grain first domesticated by indigenous peoples in, the, in southern Mexico about 10,000 years ago. Nearly every typical Mexican dish revolves around corn in some way. It is the main ingredient in maize tortillas, for example. Mm-hmm. With international trade, corn has been spread throughout the world and now makes up a major food source in Africa, Europe, and the U.S. This is not why it's number one, but separate from this list, it's also consumed uh, by animals. It's a huge animal feed product. I was going to say it makes up a a big part of animal feed, and I think it's also used as a filler in like pet food too. Yeah, it's also used in ethanol, corn ethanol, corn starch, corn syrup. The two big ones I was going to say I think contribute to it are the production of ethanol, which you don't consume, but... It is a big reason why corn is grown. And high fructose corn syrup. My favorite. I don't eat something unless it has high fructose corn syrup. If you are out there sipping a Coca-Cola and wonder why it doesn't taste nearly as good as it did when you were a kid, if you're over the age of like, I don't know, 35 or so, it's because, well, at least in, in sodas and in a lot of foods, Sugar, which I guess is more expensive, has been replaced almost unilaterally with high fructose corn syrup, which also makes you fatter. So yeah, that's why like if you can search out Coke that's made in Mexico with real sugar, it's like a blast from the past. It tastes like it did when you were a kid, but that's one of the many reasons why I don't drink a lot of soda or pop now is because I don't like that... uh, sweet syrupy taste. You like the way it tasted back in the 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. Kind of on this note of high fructose corn syrup, of all the production that happens in the U.S., remember U.S. is the leading corn producer in the world. As of 2009, so this is old, but I'm sure it's even higher since then, uh, genetically modified maize made up 85% of the maize planted in the U.S. So 85% as of 2009 of corn consumed in this country is genetically modified. USA, USA. People don't like uh, GMOs, genetically modified organisms. I say that they're unhealthy, but are they? The leading people that would know this stuff in the world tell me it's unhealthy. I don't know the details. Oh, they do say? Experts say that genetically modified foods are less healthy? That's my understanding. Hmm. Well, you'll never stop me. All right, so you got maize or corn at number one and potato. Uh, at number six. I like that grilled corn. Grilled corn. You know, you yeah. were recently at Silver Dollar City. Yes. Which is uh, an, uh, an amusement park located in southwestern Missouri 
that for those who, for the folks at home uh, who don't know about it, the theme of this theme park is like the late 1800s, like hillbillies. But it's actually, it's a very, very clean park. Uh, it's very nice. And they have lots of great food there. And the best corn I've ever had in my life was the, there's a guy like grilling corn in the husk on this thing outside. And then when you ordered it, mm-hmm. he dipped it into melted butter and then sprinkled a mix of salt and pepper on it. And then people just walk around with this big old corn. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, I agree. It tastes good, but it is stupid. <laughs> just walk around theme park with a giant ass corn that you're eating. And by the way, leave it up to Americans, although lots of countries do this too. But to just take something that's at least somewhat healthy and just fucking ruin Butter it. Butter it up. <laughs> yeah, other large food that's popular to walk around with. Maybe not so much at Silver Dollar City or other theme parks, but definitely at the state or county fair is the giant smoked turkey leg. Right. Which I feel is like, even if it tastes good, you look like an insane person walking around with a turkey leg the size of your forearm. Yep. Okay. Hey, something we agree on, Brandon. So corn we got. What about? Well, let's, let's stay on potato. What's similar to a potato? Similar to a potato. A sweet potato? A sweet potato. Would you have guessed that if I didn't say that? No, I didn't think they would be in the top 10. Well, you thought wrong because sweet potato is number eight on the top 10. And just like the potato, it's also leading manufactured or produced in China with 108 million metric tons worldwide. And it accounts for 0.6% of the global caloric intake. What's your uh, hot take on sweet potato, Brandon? When I was a kid, I didn't like them. Yeah. But now that I'm a grown-up, sweet potatoes, like I used to, when you, if you go to a restaurant that offers regular french fries or sweet potato fries, I used to think kind of people who would get sweet potato fries are insane. Like, why would you not get the real deal french fries, potatoes? Suckers. Sweet potatoes are good. Uh, The fries are good. They've got a slightly different taste. I guess they're a little bit, they're marginally healthier, but yeah, I dig a sweet potato. So what you're saying is I can eat sweet potato french fries for all three meals and live a long life. That's exactly what I'm saying. Sweet potato and sweet potato fries I was also not a fan of growing up, but as an adult, I like them. I, I mean, if health is not a question, then I do prefer the good old potato french fries, mm-hmm. but sweet potato fries are definitely doable. The sweet potato is distantly related to the common potato, both being uh, in the order of saladalus, whatever the fuck that means. Although the darker sweet potatoes are often referred to as yams in parts of North America, the species is not closely related to true yams at all. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is up with a yam, but those are gross. Get them off the table. <laughs> well, hold, that, hold your hot takes on yams, because spoiler alert. I've got to write down yam. The origin and domestication of the sweet potato occurred in either Central or South America. Isn't this interesting? Isn't this fascinating, mm-hmm. Brandon? You didn't know you were going to wake up and learn about the history of the sweet potato today, but... Here we are. In Central America, domesticated sweet potatoes were present at least 5,000 years ago. Like we were talking about with the corn at Silver Dollar City Amusement Park, where they unhealthy it up. Listen to the sweet potato. Sweet potato is a healthy vegetable. It's healthier than a regular potato. But a candied sweet potato are a side dish consisting mainly of sweet potatoes prepared with brown sugar, marshmallows, maple syrup... (laughs) molasses, orange juice, marin glaze, or other sweet ingredients, it is often served in the U.S. on Thanksgiving. Yeah. 
that's where my first run in with the sweet potato was. It did not make sense to my young mouth. I'm just surprised even Americans thought, let's put some marshmallows on this vegetable and see how it tastes. That just seems like it's not a very a... American thing to do. You know, I recently, uh, within the last week uh, with my kids, roasted some marshmallows. And my kids will like, <laughs> if they have access to a bag of marshmallows, they'll just oh, yeah. wolf them down as quick as they can. I toasted a, a large mar- marshmallow, uh, the size that, you know, for toasting. But you fucking did. But, you know, I haven't eaten a marshmallow and it had been years. And I started eating it and that, the toasted part, you know, it tastes pretty good. But like, I got about halfway through it and I'm like, how in the fuck does anybody eat a shitload of marshmallows? Makes my teeth feel all fuzzy and furry. It's way too much sugar. And then I look over, my kids are just like handfuls of them, handfuls of them. <laughs> <laughs> and you were roasting marshmallows. I was roasting my kids, making fun of their clothes, making fun of their hair, telling them all kinds of mean things. So that was funny. Uh-huh. The sweet potato is number eight. Where's the sour potatoes? Where's the bitter potatoes? Come on, we got to have a flavor for every potato type. You said yam, and I would have never guessed it, so... Show me yam. Yeah, I'm really... I mean, I should get the credit for guessing this list today, not you. I don't give a shit about credit. Fine, you got it. I'm just handing them to you. Yeah. All right. Yams is number nine, with 0.4% of the global caloric intake, 60 million metric tons produced every year in the world, led by Nigeria. I think it's Nigeria's only entry on this list. (laughs) They are yam crazy (laughs) over there. They've got a yam on their national flag. The climbing plant that bears edible taborous roots with hard white flesh that is encased in a thin light brown or yellowish outer skin. I've always liked talking about flesh and skin when referring to foods. Mm-hmm. Me and uh, Hannah Blechter, right? Yams were independently domesticated on three different continents, Africa, Asia, and the Americas. Now get this, the, the yam, and I'm with you, they can get the fuck off the Thanksgiving table. They can grow up to 49 feet or 15 meters in length. That's a big-ass yam. 49 feet in length, Brandon? Is that one yam? That's one yam. You could sleep on that yam. That could be your bed. You could dig it out and make a yam canoe. You know, the next time a Nigerian prince tries to email me and scam me, I'm going to reply, <laughs> and in my reply, I'm going to call him a yam-eating motherfucker. Could you give some context for the folks at home, why are Nigerian princes emailing you? Nigeria is like... <laughs> I know what you mean. Nigeria is like number one job they have over there is scamming <laughs> stupid Americans saying, I'm a, I'm a prince and I need some way to release my $8.5 million and I can only do that if you Western Union wire me $1,500. <laughs> It's like I got an Instagram direct message recently. I shared it on Instagram and it was a Michael Jackson, this is like a year ago and Michael Jackson's been dead for like 12 years, but it was Michael Jackson telling me he's been in hiding and he has new music to release. Could I please send him $800 to help him? I've been in hiding. And I got to tell you, even my grandma wouldn't fall for that, right? I mean, surely not. I've been listening to your podcast and Jamona, (laughs) I thought maybe you could help me. Was that a Chamanya you gave there? Chamanya. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Even in the DMs, he's doing that. Fuck. 
It's not necessary, Michael. You're not singing and you're telling me you weren't dead. You don't have to give me the chamanya. When you wire him the money, he says, <laughs> Oh! <laughs> Fuck me. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's... Uh... <laughs> Those are yams. Oh, one more thing on the yam. <laughs> one more thing. The edible tuber has a rough skin that is difficult to peel, just like some fucking cannibal victims, I'm sure. But they do readily soften by heating. The skins vary in color from dark brown to light pink. And the majority of the vegetables composed of a much softer substance known as the meat. Whenever you call something inside a vegetable meat, nope, not a fan. I'd just rather have meat. That's right. Well, that's the yam number nine. Okay. So pasta is not on here because no. pasta is made of stuff, right? Yes. And the same would be said of flour? Yes, but you're on the right track there with flour. What is flour made of? Oh, wheat. I wrote down wheat also. Do you have to say it like my fucking grandma? No. Just say wheat. It's okay. I'm saying it like uh, he does in Hot Rod. Uh, wheat. So is wheat higher or lower than the potato? Gotta be higher. It's number three in the top ten. So again, potato, 2% of the global caloric intake. Wheat, number three, 15%. The top three are way above everything else. 15% of the global caloric intake comes from wheat. 671 million metric tons produced every year, led by China. Wheat is a grass widely cultivated for its seed, a cereal grain which is a worldwide staple food. Wheat is grown on more land area than any other food crop. Uh, there's 545 million acres of wheat production as of 2014, likely higher now. World trade in wheat is greater than all other crops combined. So I guess there's more wheat traded than anything else. But not eight more than anything else, which is why corn's number one. Researchers believe this was the first domesticated crop, prompting the spread of agriculture and resulting in rapid increase in human populations. So the wheat is what we have to thank for anything and everything that's happened since in the world, including the internet, tape, glue, crackers, Kanye West, wheat. It all stems from wheat. He gets the blame for Kanye. Wheat is typically dried and pulverized to make flour. This flour is used to make bread, crackers, pasta, breakfast cereals, and pastries. It also caused the Dust Bowl. Is that right? Yeah. How so? We made way too much wheat in the Great Plains region. And then just because of economics, uh, there was like very little demand for wheat when the Great Depression hit, or less demand for wheat when the Great Depression hit, and we had just gone fucking bonkers. The government was basically paying. Okay, I won't. I mean, seriously, do you want me to fucking not talk on the podcast? Brent, I'm just giving you a hard time. Well, it's then okay. I'm, not, I'm not. Move on. We're not. We're done with wheat. Man, I didn't know you'd get so worked up over that. Okay, wheat's number three in the top ten. And we got a Dust Bowl history lesson from seventh grade as well. Well, no, you didn't because you fucking shat all over it halfway through. You're right. You never shit on anything I say. That's true. Let's ground out the top three here. Maize one, wheat three. What's another hugely food that's... Well, I was trying to save rice because oh, okay. I knew it was up in the top. But since you just forced me into it, rice is number two. I wanted to do that because I think you will struggle with the rest. Rice is number two. 27% of the global caloric intake. 738 million metric tons produced worldwide, led by our friends in China. 
As a cereal grain, domesticated rice is the most widely consumed staple food for over half the world's human population, especially in Asia and Africa. It is first domesticated in India and Southeast Asia, but people have been growing it for thousands of years. And in fact, research shows that Japan first began consuming rice around 100 BC. It was brought to South America during Portuguese trade expeditions. But in the U.S., U.S. rice consumption has risen sharply over the past 25 years, fueled in part by commercial applications such as beer production. And a very interesting stat, I think you'll agree, almost one in five adult Americans now report eating at least half a serving of white or brown rice per day. Which, I don't know about that. Do you, do you eat half a serving of white or brown rice every day of your life, Brandon? Uh, I mean, if you average it out in the times I do eat rice and I just eat like 19 servings of it, maybe? No, I don't eat. I guess it's used in things like cereal bars or not, uh, like rice cakes. I eat rice cakes sometimes. Rice Krispies? Rice Krispie treats. That's rice how Krispies. most Americans eat rice. That's 98% of the U.S. consumption of rice. That and Chinese restaurants, which I always go noodles. Hot take, I know. I always go noodles at the Chinese restaurant. I don't do the rice. I'm not a rice guy. You know that about me. That's yeah, why I, I don't like it's sushi. weird. I like rice is fine. I'm dropping all kinds of hot takes today. Speaking of hot takes, I want to take a <clears throat> detour from this episode for a moment. We don't normally do this, but since it's the holiday season... What the hell? This past weekend, we dropped our latest Tennis Pod Plus bonus episode. It's Brandon telling me infuriating riddles for about a half hour. You can listen to the full episode right now only as a Tennis Pod Plus member, but I'm going to give you a quick 90-second preview. Here's a snippet right here, right now. This is one that my kid would make up. Which letter of the alphabet has the most water? I have no idea. I don't know. The C. Oh, no. <laughs> Isn't that where you're like, you're driving, you're like, you're driving your kid to school and you're trying to think about like, okay, I had that call at 10 o'clock, but I have to finish this, you know, three slide PowerPoint before that call. I also remember I need to call the vet today, but I need to do that before the afternoon. So I need to find time. And then in the middle of that, your kid's like, dad, dad. Okay. What? Which letter of the alphabet has the most water? And then when you get to the answer, you're like, I'm going to shove my head through the windshield. <laughs> you just drive into incoming traffic <laughs> to stop your brain from having to endure it. <sighs> Shout out to Charlie, who yeah. was a great guest host on a recent bonus episode. Okay, here's one to make you feel bad. I have married many times, but I have always been single. Who am I? A priest. <laughs> He did the act of marrying yeah, many yeah. times. But why are you trying to trick me, priest? Just tell me what you do for a living. I know, it's like, a lot of these is like, well, you just withheld information to make me look fucking stupid. Yeah. I have 13 hearts, but no lungs or stomach. What am I? Um, I don't know. A deck of cards. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. And I just hear as you blow your head off on the other side of the line. If you want to hear that episode in full, just sign up for Tennis Pod Plus. It's like a preview of the new Batman movie. Yeah, well, better, because there's no Robert Pattinson. Signing up for Tennis Pod Plus is easy. It'll unlock more than 30 bonus episodes just like this one. Go to TennisPod.com slash plus, or if you're an Apple Podcast listener, 
You can sign up in literally one tap at the top of our page on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for indulging me, Brandon. I know that soon, like rice, our bonus episodes will be about 20 to 30% of the caloric intake in the world. So the rest of the top 10 will be a challenge. Some of these you may not have even heard of, but there are at least two that I think you could guess if you apply yourself. Do you know why rice is grown in patties? Why? <laughs> but you looked up rice and you didn't even figure out like why it's grown in, a, in water. Uh, it helps protect from uh, disease and insects and stuff that would consume it. They realized it would still grow if you like flooded it. So it doesn't need to be submerged in water to grow, but it will grow there and it protects it. On all the Wikipedia pages for these items, there was a vast amount of information on pesticide issues. And I just didn't go there, girlfriend. But we don't, I didn't need to because you brought it for well, us. I Thank have you. some more guesses yeah. before I need clues. What about beans? They're a magical fruit, I hear. Beans, in general, are not in the top 10. However, there is a type of bean in the top 10. I want to guess it. Uh, little brown bean. <laughs> what kind of beans are there? I mentioned Chinese food, Chinese restaurant earlier. What's, what's very popular there? Uh, Maybe a type of sauce there. Oh, soybean, yeah. Soy sauce, or sorry, not soy sauce. That'd be news. Soybean is number five. I was going to say, it's got to be kind of up there, yeah. 2.1% of the global caloric intake, over 240 million metric tons produced. The lead producer is actually the United States. Yeah, they grow soybeans around here. Did you know that shit? I didn't. Well, they fucking do. Great to hear. It's great news. A species of legume native to East Asia, widely grown for its edible bean. Its traditional uses of soybean include soy milk, from which tofu and tofu skin, ugh, tofu skin are made. Fermented soy foods include soy sauce, bean paste, uh, natto, and tempeh. Soybean is the most important protein source for feed, animal, feed farm animals that in turn yields animal protein for human consumption, which is an interesting thought, right? Because all this soybean is feeding farm animals, which we then eat the fuck out of the farm animals, right? Yeah. According to the American Cancer Society, there is growing evidence that eating traditional soy foods such as tofu may lower the risk of cancers of the breast, prostate, or lining of the uterus. And there is some evidence that may lower the risk of other cancers too. So you got to eat a bunch of tofu, Brandon. Doctor's orders. Soybeans don't give you gas. They're not a mu They must not be the same musical fruit. Is that a scientific term? Yeah, beans, beans, the musical fruit. I got it. It's just, yeah. But soybeans, I don't think are musical. I don't think they give you uh, toots. Toots, okay. Thank you. Just so we're all clear. I don't know. The, Wikipedia did not mention that. Do you have any more exciting facts about soybeans? No, sir. But as a side note, isn't this a really exciting list? Yeah. Think of how much more educated you're going to be on foods after today. Well, if you have this on here, it'll really thrill the listeners. What about <laughs> quinoa? No. Okay, what about couscous? No. Hmm, plantains. Plantain? Brandon, I'm impressed. I really didn't think you'd get the plantain. Damn right. It is way down at number 10, though, with 0.3% of the world's global caloric intake. Its lead producer is Uganda. So, Uganda getting some love on today's episode. Uganda love a plantain. 
fuck you. Fuck you for that. We do have some listeners in Uganda, so shout out to you. Thank you for listening. The plantain is also known as the matoke, matoki, matoke, or the cooking banana. A banana variety that is indigenous to Uganda. They are shorter than regular bananas and are somewhat thicker at the midsection as a result. You could call them the Nicki Minaj of fruits. I'll pause for laughter and applause. Mm-hmm. Cooking bananas are a major food staple in West and Central Africa, the Caribbean Islands, Central America, and Northern South America. When ripe plantain is fried, it is generally called dodo, as in dough, like cookie dough, dough, dash, dough. And I thought you'd like that because you call people dodo brains or whatever you say sometimes. What? No, dope? Dopes? Dummies? No. Dum-dums, that's what you say. Sorry. Dum-dums. I thought of some more plants on my scratch pad. Plantains made me think outside the box. I was thinking outside of the American box when it comes to staple foods. And I wrote down some guesses. Yeah. And these guesses are olives. No. Mm. You know, grape would be a good guess because of like wine and shit, but it's not on here either. That's part of why I said olives, like for olive oil. I don't know what this food looks like. I have, I just know the name of it. Millet. No. No. Although maybe that's another word for this. I don't know. Let's focus on one here. Remember those Nigerian princes? They're growing something else there at number four. This is something that I had either never heard of or it's been so long since I heard it that I forgot what it is. So, I don't think it's a big part of the American diet. Um, it's not monkey meat? It's also known as yuca. Y-U-C-A. All right. I don't think you're going to get no. it. Do you want me to tell you? It's uh, cassava. Oh. C-A-S-S-A-V-A. I don't think I've ever heard of that. You don't have a bunch stockpiled in your pantry right now? You said that's number four? Yeah, it's number four. And there's a reason for it. Okay. Number four, cassava. Cassava? Don't know. Sorry, I'm a dumb Oklahoman American. It accounts for 3% of the global caloric intake, 269 million metric tons produced every year led by Nigeria. Like I said, it's also known as the yuca or yusa. It's a woody shrub native to South America. Although a perennial plant, cassava is extensively cultivated as an annual crop in tropical and subtropical regions for its edible, starchy, tuberous root, a major source of carbohydrates, and it is one of the most drought-tolerant crops capable of growing on marginal soils. So I think that has a lot to do with why it's so consumed, because it's one of, the, it's one of those things you can count on growing if nothing else will. I'm looking at it. It looks like an ugly potato. So does my first wife. Am I right, guys? Carry on. <laughs> ugly potato. Well, that's really all I got. Well, so, why are they so high? I thought you were going to tell me why there's a reason because why. Because they're drought tolerant. I know, but who has eaten these? Nigeria. Uh, well, I told you. It's, uh, it's grown in tropical and subtropical regions. It's native to South America and it's grown in Nigeria. So probably all those places. What do they do with it? They eat it. How, what do they make out of it? Do they just eat it? I don't know. I didn't think you'd care enough. I've I never heard of this care, thing so before, so yeah. Okay, let's look it up. I'm curious like a cat. You don't have the, you don't have the goods. Cassava recipes. All right, there's cassava cake, roasted cassava. What can I do with cassava? French fries, bread? It has to be cooked properly to detoxify before it is eaten. 
That doesn't sound good. Again, like my first wife. Mm-mm. I like the first wife jokes. I'm going to make them work. We only have one left, and it's number seven. It's one that I've heard of, but that's pretty much, I'm not familiar with it really. And it is led, uh, it, it's grown most in the U.S., despite that. Number seven. Mm. It's a staple food, especially in Asia and Africa, even though U.S. produces more than anywhere else. And it's not couscous. No. I don't know. You're going to have to tell me. It's sorghum. S-O-R-G-H-U-M. Sorghum. Sorghum? I hardly know them. Yeah, see? If I can make first wife jokes all the time, then I'll, I'll yeah, allow you to make those jokes too. I don't know anything about this. It's 1.2% of the global caloric intake. Sorghum, it's a plant used for grain, fiber, or fodder. It's also used primarily as poultry feed, secondarily as cattle feed, and in brewing application. Mm-hmm. It's been for centuries one of the most important staple foods for millions of poor rural people in Asia and Africa. For some impoverished in regions of the world, sorghum remains a principal source of energy, protein, vitamins, and minerals. It also grows in harsh environments where other crops do not grow well. So my takeaway here, more than anything else, it's used as poultry and cattle feed. So I'm going to guess this is not a well-tasting plant or crop. So a lot of poor people depend on this. Right. So... On that uplifting note, that's sorghum at number seven. You never had sorghum, huh? Uh-uh. I wonder if you could find this at like Whole Foods. Well, I'm reading right here. It says, in the cuisine of the southern United States, sorghum syrup was used as a sweet condiment, such as maple syrup was used in the north, usually for biscuits, cornbread, pancakes, hot cereals, or baked beans. It is uncommon today. I'm saying there's popped sorghum, like popcorn. It's used in, it's used as like a flour substitute, so like cookies and bread. Maybe I'm wrong, but my interpretation is this is kind of like a quote-unquote poor man's wheat that is used in some poor parts of the country or world. They don't have it at my local grocery store, I'm going to guess. I see a bag at Whole Foods, but probably not at Walmart neighborhood market, no. So that's sorghum at number seven. Brandon, I did it for you. The top 10 most consumed staple foods worldwide. What should I call this list? What should I title it? Should it be that? Most consumed staple foods? Snoozer. <laughs> oh, come on. This was a good one. Uh-huh. You don't think so? All right. Man, fuck, Jesus. But that hurt. That one hurt. I feel it. There's just not a whole lot to say about sorghum. For every episode about fairy tales and porn and... Whatever else we've covered recently, you got to have a staple food episode too. Uh, you might call it a staple episode of the Tennis Podcast. Let me give you that top 10 again. You got 10, the plantain. Uganda love a plantain. Number nine is the yam. Number eight is the sweet potato. Number seven is sorghum. Number six is the potato. Number five is the magical fruit soybean. Number four is cassava. Cassava? Cassava? Number three is wheat. Number two is rice. Number one is maize or corn. Hooray. Staple foods. Which one do you like to eat most, Brandon? Give me the potato. Yeah. And despite the misleading name of staple foods, don't recommend taking a stapler to these foods. Use a fork, a spoon, a knife. Don't use a stapler. Another disaster. But if you do, let us know how it goes. And speaking of letting us know how it goes, we had some listeners do that too recently. 
with some podcast reviews. Let me read you a few. First, uh, our friend Mike from The Link Podcast. I was a guest on his show back in September. He wrote a review on Podchaser. He said, Tennis Podcast is one of my favorites out there. These guys always keep it fun, even with staple food episodes. Every episode is fresh while still sticking to the theme. Never heard one that wasn't entertaining. Loose, casual, lots of laughs, interactive with top 10 lists. Absolutely try it out. You'll end up coming back. So you see, Mike says that even when we do an episode on Staple Foods, loose, casual, lots of laughs. We might have just lost Mike. (laughs) Come on. Being too hard on us here. Uh, Thank you, Mike. Levi from Podchaser, who's also a Tennis Pod Plus member, he says, hand, well, he yells, hang on, hands down, the perfect podcast. Also subscribe to Patreon slash Tennis Pod Plus. It's definitely more than worth the money. I'm telling you, these are all caps, and I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight exclamation points. So you're lucky I didn't blow your ears out yelling that. You guys got to stop using exclamation points and capitals in the reviews. Right. But thank you. Uh, I welcome it. For your enthusiasm. You can write an enthusiastic review of your own on Apple Podcasts, on Podchaser, or on Good Pods, and I will read it on a future episode. Speaking of future episodes, next week will be past Thanksgiving for episode 157. Brandon, do you have any big Thanksgiving plans? I'm literally going to Disney World. Oh, yeah. You said that before. Yeah. You'll be at Disney World on Thanksgiving Day? Yeah. I'll be snacking my way through Epcot. Through some corn? That must mean that this is coming out the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, this episode. So that means you're technically in, at, in Orlando right now as, as this is happening. And in next week's list, which I've already got planned out, that's will be much more exciting than the adventures of sweet potatoes and sorghum. We're going to be talking about a list of people who have been up to all kinds of crazy nonsense over the years. Hmm. Celebrities? They are celebrities. Should I just, should I? No, 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 no. Don't tell me, but. It's a nice little hook for next week. And I have some, so that's 157 next week, your list. Following week, 158, we will be deep into the holiday season. That will be December 8th. So yeah, either that week or my next one, I'm going to have some holiday themed lists for your listening pleasure and any other kind of pleasure you want to touch yourself with. Yuck. Um, All right. Well, on that note, uh, we sincerely appreciate you listening. We hope you have a great Thanksgiving if your religion allows you to celebrate it, of course. And we will see you next time on the Tennis Podcast. Thanks. Thanks.